Hello and welcome to Artbox. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I talked to Carlos Ramirez, a visual artist out of the great state of California. Carlos's paintings and sculptures deal with narratives of inequality in the Mexican-American communities and champions the everyday man as an underdog. We talk about his influences, some of the pieces of his work, the desert, and what advice he would give to his past self and to other artists. So, with that, sit back and relax and enjoy the interview. Hello. Hey, Carlos, this is Jason. How you doing? Hey, Jason. I was about to call you. What's going on? Not much. <laughs> right off the bat, thank you for doing this, sir. And like I said earlier, I appreciate uh, you doing this, especially during this crazy, yeah. crappy time that's going we're going through. <laughs> I think it's a better time than ever, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Uh, let's, like I said, let's hit it right off the bat. So uh, right tell, tell me your origin story. How did you get your start in painting and sculptural object artwork? Um, how did I get my start? Let's see. Well, actually it goes way back from just like kind of starting like officially, I guess. I don't know if that's a word, but, um, yeah. like I started off as a kid, you know, uh, when my parents, cause they were migrant workers. So, so every time we'd go out to the field, cause I'd have to go with them. Um, my mother would keep me busy with, um, those old red Indian pads. <laughs> so that's kind of where I started like, like first drawing, but then it developed, a later on just like actual artworks that I was doing, you know, and I, I kind of didn't realize that because where I live, you know, it's like super barren of any art, you know, it's like a, a desert kind of migrant worker town Wow, where there isn't too much art. So, so, um, so I kind of didn't realize that I was doing art until people, you know, kind of started responding to it. And then hmm. I was like, huh, you know, maybe there's something to this, you know? And then, and then eventually I started kind of, hanging out with other artists around here which kind of kind of reinforced what i was doing and then and then ended up going out to la with uh marcia goldberg from new image art and then and then the rest was kind of history from there yeah you know she saw because i used to be part of a collaborative and we were called the date farmers but yeah why in there yeah why why does what was that collective called the day farmers i was kind of curious about that yeah we were called the day farmers because um my father used to work in a date farm at a date farm when I was really young. And then, and then, uh, my partner, which was Armando Lermo, he, his father owned a date farm. So, oh, wow. so when we showed up, yeah, we showed up to Marcia Goldberg's and, you know, she's like, you guys, she kind of knew where we were from. She goes, um, no, no. Somebody started asking for the artwork that we had taken. And they're like, Hey, what's up with those date farmer guys? Cause they kind of knew the backstory. So oh, that kind of stuck. And, and she's all, you know, everybody's calling the date farmers. We're like, Oh, hell no. But, <laughs> but it, 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 it ended up sticking. So yeah. we're like, okay, you know, kind of grew on us after a while. So that's what we got titled or, you know? Yeah. And right. is, is the collaborative, you still working together right now? Or are you guys taking a little break or? or what's going on? Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, like any other relationship, I think it got to the point where, where we just found it might be better to take different directions, you know? Oh, okay. You know, well, it, yeah, that happens. Is, yeah. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, the important thing is that, you know, you weren't like throwing uh, forks or knives at each other or anything like that. So. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think that's why it was better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so, you know, it, it, it uh-huh. so then you basically uh, started just moved out to, so you you still live where you live now, right? Like where you grew up, you still live in the area, or did you 
uh, move to another place? You know, actually, I, I had moved out to Los Angeles where, where I had a studio there on, on La Cienega, but oh, okay. but I kind of I kind of found that it was a little being raised here in the desert kind of found it too overwhelming, you know, mm. like sensory overload, like just to yeah. walk to get something to eat, you know, you're bombarded with letters, traffic, people, you know, and it, 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 I, I, I speak for myself, I think. Yeah. When I say that, that, you know, like a, as a creative person that, that, that can kind of become interrupting, you know, and, and so many different levels or it's just kind of, it just wasn't for me. So I came back to the desert. So, right. so I have a studio out here now. Well, I, I don't blame you. Know, yeah, because the, the desert is a very beautiful place. It's also very dry, but because I grew up in Florida. Yeah, super dry. <laughs> I, I grew up in Florida where it pretty much is, is uh, humidity all the time. I mean, it's so much humidity that you have plants growing from the air. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I remember one of my first trips to Florida, being on the plane and seeing that the weather was like, I think it was like 65 or something. And I'm like, oh, nice weather. Right. And the guy next to me like, no, it's not. Like, no. wait, get off. You know, and then and I was struck with the moisture. I was like, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not yeah. too fun. Yeah, it's like a big, heavy, right. wet blanket all around you, and you can't take it off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, wow. So, so anyway, but, yeah. uh, well, uh, what are the other questions I have? Um, I, I wanted to know uh, a little bit more, like, uh, the materials that you use, because uh, you started off drawing and painting, as you just said. And I wanted to know, why do you use or how do you use many of the different types of the materials in some of your works? Because like, um, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to, I want to allude to the, the cups, but uh, you also have, you know, uh, like kind of pictoramas or, or dioramas, so to sort. And I just want to know what was your, how did you kind of evolve to start using the objects? I think the objects came about, um, you know, you know, I think everyone starts kind of off with pen and paper, you know, and that's that's like the basic, the basic uh, foundation of art, I think. And then, and then eventually, you know, you start you start seeing, or for me, anyways, like when I look around and I see what's going on, like socially or with people and stuff, and 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 not everybody, but I kind of find sometimes that there's a message that needs to be said, and and. And so I kind of don't limit myself to just pen and paper or, you know, and there's a lot of other artists that do the same thing, but, you know, I kind of, I kind of find what, what makes the, the message more poignant, you know, mm-hmm. or more, more, um, and sometimes it might be a can of soup or it might be a top ramen cup or, or, you know, like how, what better way to say that, Hey, there's, there's communities out there still that have no water, you know, you know, yeah. you know, I got to explain it a little bit, you know, Right. Sometimes, you know, be, being a little more obvious, you know, is kind of key to certain messages, I think. But but that's the beauty of art. It could be anything. You know, it could be paper. It could be a sculpture. It could be like sometimes I'm walking down the street and I see a, a like whatever it is, an obje- a sound object. You know, and it, if it speaks to you, then you got to kind of let it dictate sometimes, you know, and, and that's where I kind of think it's important for me as an artist not to limit myself to just only certain things yeah you know and i think i think that was the first mistake i made as a kid is like like thinking that art had to be a certain thing but art is everywhere <laughs> you know like they you know art is born in a millisecond but mm. i guess whatever form it takes you know and and yeah, afterward you know it's born in a millisecond in your brain yeah and then and then and then you take shape to it you know and that's that's where it becomes something different Hmm. You know, 
Yeah, no, I, I'm following what you're putting down. Well, one of the pieces that you're, uh, mm-hmm. what I, they consider your sculptural or art pieces, uh, um, uh, object pieces, is the American Crosswalk that you recently did. That I, I oh, right on. Uh, stuck up with me really because like that's crazy. It's like you you found all of that stuff pretty much. Yeah, that, that's a really nice piece, and it's very. It's like almost the. The gun is almost like one of those paddles that you would hold for a crosswalk guard, you know, and it has stop. Right. And I, it reinforces yeah. everything, and I, I love that piece. It's one of, the, one of my favorite pieces of yours. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and that, and that piece there happened to, to all come together, and that's a beauty. That's kind of what I was trying to explain, that, that sometimes it all comes together, and either you let the piece dictate to you or, you you know, you kind of dictate what it's going to be. But that piece there, like I... I was having a conversation with my best friend and, and we were talking about like so many people dying, you know, it's just like, like, wow, you know, and you can explain that to, to, in so many ways, yeah. you know, and, and you could, you can explain it over and over and over. But I think when it, when it becomes an object, like it's kind of like bringing life into like, say if it's a gallery or wherever, wherever that piece is at, you know, it, it's kind of in your face. <laughs> and that piece we have been talking about all the shootings and everything and yeah and then uh we ended up coming across that sign i was like wow you know and that that was perfect so so that's how it ended up like i ended up turning the handle into a gun taking shots at it with the nine millimeter you know what what <laughs> sends a message more than that you know when it's in front of your face so that's kind of how that came about another big powerful piece all i mean all your pieces are really pretty powerful um Thank you. Thank you know, you. like uh, lock the door and say, stay inside is one that's very powerful. And the one that really stuck out to me, and it, it really is very interesting, is your hood. And that's the one. Oh, that, your hood, right. Right. <laughs> it's uh, the beware of dog sign and has like a cross in it. And then it has, you know, uh, basically a, a white supremacist hood on there. And uh, that is a very, very powerful piece, you know. And unfortunately, we still have to deal with that kind of crap today. So and I'm glad you right. made that piece to kind of remind people that, uh, you know, this this crap is still going on and we got to fight it and stop it. Right on. So Yeah, and that, and that piece, when I started doing that piece, I was kind of questioning myself. I'm like, what, you know, what am I doing? Like, you know, because you, 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 everyone, I think, has a voice inside them that kind of, like, for me, it, it, it becomes like, uh, kind of a sense of urgency that I have to do certain things. And then and I think maybe it's just me, but then that's my job as an artist. I think, you know, like uh, speaking for myself though, um, that, that it's so sad, like, like that piece, I'm sorry, I'm kind of finding the words. It's just yeah. that, that, that piece was so crazy for me, but like, I was thinking, am I crazy for doing this? And then at the same time I was thinking, you know, it's so sad that, that that theme is still relevant today, you know, and it's 2020 and it's still, <laughs> alive and well yeah i know, you know and, and it's i it's, think sometimes we just need to remind ourselves like you know well, not I, everybody's going to listen but yeah you know i'm sure somebody will get positive message from it well i, I think the, the the positiveness you can get out of it is that uh, the awareness of it you know because it's like be aware that there are these kind of dogs out there still and you need yes, to yes find a way to to, to cage them or or, yeah. or something else that I'm not going to describe, but it's definitely uh, a, a positive in that sense that it's like, you know, be aware of these things. And, and a lot of your work is like that. And I love it. And, right. and then also the, the beware of the dog kind of takes it down to like a, like a animalistic level. Like, Oh yeah. You know, violence is violence. You know, it's, it's oh, yeah. like such a sad thing. And then, you know, but at the same time, I think 
like it's funny that that you know life is life can be beautiful it can be tragic but but i think during tragedy we kind of shed all the nonsense you know and and i think that's kind of what that piece said for me like we need to shed all this nonsense and just kind of get to what's important in life you know yeah that's that's true uh there's a lot more important things in life than that trust me Mm -hmm. And so uh, with that, uh, I wanted to know, um, like, where you live, does that give you a lot of the inspiration for your narratives for your work? Or is it something else? I I think I think it's it's a big part of it, a big part of growing up out here. And and and, um, like I said before, this is a a Coachella Valley is where I live in it. And it's kind of a. Uh, it started off as an agricultural town, like a lot of migrant workers. So, so I kind of was able to grow up seeing the struggles of, you know, like your working class and, yeah. you know, just your average guy, you know, trying to make a a living, you know, doing whatever it is you can. So that kind of brought that part of that narrative into, you know, the struggle, the, the, the struggle of everyday life and, you know, but but also too, it's such a calming, beautiful place that, you know, it kind of gives you a, a chance to kind of sit back and look at what's really going on in the world today comparatively. Oh, I know. And well, I mean, that's the thing though. It's like, you, I, I haven't been to where you would live, but I would love to, because mm-hmm. like I, you know, like I said earlier, I grew up in a very hot swampy area. And when I, my first experience of any kind of desert was basically you know, west, northwest Texas, right on that border of New Mexico and Texas. And it's like, this is beautiful. This is great. This has a lot of scorpions. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute, where I grew up, every single thing that can kill you lives where I grew up. So it, uh, it just some of the crazy stories, like once again, growing up in an area that would rain all the time. And I just remember going to a, a desert party and uh, it was raining above us, but it was so dry that the rain had evaporated, you know, and you could sit there and just watch it just fall right above you. But, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. And, and you know, yeah. I just, that was just amazing to me. But like I said, I grew up in Florida, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, here, here it gets, uh, um, I think the hottest we've ever been here is I think like close to 130, believe it or not, you know, which is. Hmm. Yeah, it's like extreme. It's extreme. Um, a lot of people come out here sometimes that that don't realize how crucial the desert can be, and and a lot of tourists like end up losing their lives because they get a flat tire or something. You know? Oh yeah. You know, they happen not to have a phone on them, but yeah, it, right. It's extreme. Well, you need water, and you know, luckily, yeah, if you can sure. find some kind of shade, at least it's cooler than the the sun. You know, unlike where I grew up, it doesn't matter if you're in the shade or in the sun; it's the same heat. You know. Right. And you get so dehydrated out there so much faster, you know, and that's the other thing, um, you know, it, it's just that a lot of people don't realize how fast that, you know, things do dry, you know, like your skin, you're, you know, if you're not hydrated enough and if you're not used to the environment, you're, you're like you just said, you're a goner. So. Yeah, you're a goner. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, my recommendation, if you ever try to survive in Florida, just, just don't go into the swamp. <laughs> you know, <so>. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. There's, there's yeah enough... And that's what happens uh, out here. They, they, cause you know, there's a lot of beautiful mountains and, and for some reason when people visit out here, you know, they look super easy to climb, Yeah. but once you're, once you're out there, you know, it's a whole different story. So that's kind of like the, the repetitive story out here, like the tourists, sadly. 
Well, I also wanted to ask you about a couple of uh, your pieces. I, I Help me describe them because they, they remind me of robots. And it mm-hmm. reminds me of when I was a kid and when you had Transformers. And, but yours are more oh, yeah. like Transformers <laughs> of a different sort. They found objects, you know. And, uh, you know, Alien from Another Galaxy is an example of one of the pieces. And I thought those things were pretty cool. And you know, uh-huh. they're, you know, they, they're about like, what, a foot or so tall? And did they, the pieces just call to you like you've t- talked about earlier? Or was it just something you had in mind pre, pre-thought? Yeah, I kind of I had them in mind because, uh, like, we used to draw, I would draw a lot of white figures. So, so and, and that kind of stemmed from when I was a kid. Like, uh, you know, you'd, I would hear my parents talk about, like, different stories that would happen in the neighborhood, like bad stories or, or something happened to this certain person. But then you'd see the people in real life. And as a kid, like, adults seem really wide and kind of, kind of scary looking you know hmm. when you're when you're just a little kid so i kind of i kind of always remembered what that felt like so i try to recreate that by making these wide figures and kind of almost not human you know it, i i think when you're a kid you see everything a little over exaggerated right so i kind of try to capture that yeah you know way wider than your average human kind of just to, to make them not so human yeah yeah, it, it, it's transformative in that sense because, like you said, it a whole whole different perspective when you're a kid, and it, it's the fact that you're able to re- re- keep that memory in you and, and to produce the work today. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, with with that, you know, I wanted to ask also, um, and you know, uh, where do you get your biggest? Uh, let me rephrase that. So, um, blah, blah, blah. um who, who would you say, or or whom, or what uh, would be your biggest influences for for your work? Is it family, friends, someone you know? You know. You know, I think I think that I think that the influences for 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 me as an artist, I think, come from every kind, every, every aspect in life. Like you know, it's not just one person. It could be a person. But it can also be like I might hear somebody saying something or talking about something that kind of, you know, and it, it'll create a string of thought, you know, and kind of eventually will lead to to an art piece, you know. Yeah. You know, or or I might see somebody that that reminds me of, it. like I said, it could be anything or from anywhere. You know, it's not. It's kind of hard to pinpoint just one thing, you know. Although it is sometimes, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so basically your influences could vary it could be from uh, a mood you had all the way up to someone that you've you've seen and admire their work from uh, that makes sense that makes sense yeah yeah for sure and it's so and it's uh, like it's like uh uh-huh, yeah. go ahead no you go ahead you go ahead it's like it's like i was talking to um like like the top ramen soups yeah um uh I was talking to a friend about, you know, he's Navajo and he's from the Navajo reservation. And then we were kind of going over like why there is no water there, you know? And, and, and then that kind of inspired that whole series of, of the, the top ramen soups. So, so it could kind of be from a conversation or it can be from pretty much anywhere. Well, with, with those soups though, uh, with the cups, I know you haven't officially named the series yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but one, uh, some of the images are really uh, striking to me. Uh, you know, like you have the, the, 
the wrestler, and then it looks like you have um, a, a guy looks like a, a zom- not a zombie, but like a vampire, and then you have a bat, and then you have a, a spider, and um, and also uh, the turley, <laughs> the draw me turtle, which by the way is is awesome. <laughs> so, right, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that, and I think I think that the, there are so many different images because I think that goes back to kind of childhood like childhood uh um like the draw me turtle yeah i remember being a kid and 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 seeing that and you know and i love drawing so i you know like i kind of bought into that whole idea like wow this is my big chance like the back (laughs) of a magazine you know yeah and then i sent it in but you know i never heard back it was so disappointing but (laughs) that's how it goes but that's a memory you know so so i kind of try to touch on 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 old memories like childhood, like innocence lost. Um, you know, it, it, it comes from everywhere, man. Well, it, yeah. And, and it is interesting that, that so it took you a while. You, did you have to collect a lot of these cups or did you find them? Uh, that's the kind of burning question here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> and they might be, you might be adding more for all I know. Yeah, no, these, these cups, I, I kind of bought them at the store. So that was a real easy, um, yeah, I just I had some here and then I bought some, so so that was pretty easy. So um, with that though, it, how how, do, how would you know when a piece is finished? Then, since uh, especially with a lot of these kind of object sculptural pieces that you do, how do you know when they're they're finished, or do you know if they're ever finished? You know, I I, I don't think they're ever finished. I think it's more a case of when it feels right, but but even then, sometimes. Um, I can go back and add to it or, or, you know, I think once I get the, the, the initial idea kind of completed, then, then it's okay, you know, but that doesn't mean it's over with like, like sometimes it keeps going, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, I, I know for some time for me, when I finish some work, it's like, I know when it is done. And then other times it's like, I kind of just want to stop because I don't, I don't know where I want to go with that. So I'll put yeah, it off, exactly. I'll put it off exactly. To the side. But it's okay to stop too, you know, at a certain point. Well, unless you have a show coming up, you're like, oh man, I gotta fill those walls. I, well, it's not, <laughs> I don't think it's done, but I don't. You know what? It's going on the wall. And uh, <laughs> right on. <laughs> sometimes you do that. You just don't tell people that. And I guess I just let that get right. out of the bag. But no one has to know. So. Right. <laughs> um. So, with that being said, and also I keep saying with that being said today. Uh, cool. What what advice would you give your past self and or to other artists? I think the advice I would give to myself and other artists would be most importantly, uh, don't ever compare yourself to anyone else. Like like find your rhythm and and make sure it's a true rhythm, true to yourself. Yeah. And it's what you want to be doing. And don't ever compare yourself to anyone else. Because the minute you start doing that, that's when you kind of, you're going to see flaws. You're going to see a bunch of things you don't like maybe, but, but it's not that, that because you're comparing yourself to something that's way different. It's like comparing a chicken to a dolphin, you know, <laughs> like they're two totally different things, yeah. but yeah, you know, they both do their own thing. <laughs> and, and, um, but, uh, and the other thing I would give probably other artists is how can I put this? Um, if you put 10% into your work, expect maybe a little less than 10% back. 
Hmm. If you put a hundred percent, then you can expect a little more. Like, you know, like not, not, not everybody can just pop an image out and kind of like have it go viral, you know, <laughs> like everybody's different, but, yeah. but I, but I think, um, you know, they're not like eggs, like laying eggs. I think Picasso said or something, <laughs> you know, yeah. like some are luckier than others, but, right. but as an artist, if you want to become a working artist, I think like you need to put the time into it. Well, that's true. I, yeah, you got to put the time and effort and being true to yourself is also another valid, valid thing and do your own thing. Don't try to compare to other people that, and I sometimes have fallen into that trap and I've gotten myself out of it, but sometimes I fall into it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's same easy. here, same here, man. It's so easy to fall into that, but you know, you gotta you just gotta find a way to get out of that. And and sometimes it's uh, only you can get yourself out of that. Not not anyone else could do it for you because then they'll be doing exactly. The work. Yeah, and I think it's important to 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 see what other artists are doing. And I think yeah, I think there's so many emotions that that like I see another artist, and if he's and I I don't think there's really a oh he's better than me or she's better than me. I think it's different. It's not better. It's different. It's yeah. different than what I'm doing. So, so once I learn to recognize that, and and hopefully other artists, younger artists, kind of learn that pretty quickly before it kind of, because it'll consume you, man. <laughs> you know, like it I will. Think, I think as, I think as artists, we're we're sensitive to so much more than your average person. I mean, not that that we're special <laughs> or anything, but right, right. I think. I think what we do takes a lot of observation. So, so we have to allow a lot of things into our minds, into our souls and in order to, to kind of do a better job. So, so being that we're open spirits like that, you know, the negative comes in too. So Unfortunately, that's, I think that's so important. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, you can't filter. If you filter one thing, you end up filtering it all. So that's, that's, that's valid. right. That's valid. Right. Well, uh, with that though, is there anything that you, um, kind of wanted to talk about that we didn't bring up, uh, like what's your next project that you're working on or anything like that? Um, I'm going to be working on a mural with the Lancaster museum of art and natural history and, in, in Lancaster. So that's what I'm working on now. And then, um, I'm working on other things, but just nothing solid yet. <laughs> nice. But, I like that crypticness. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah i think uh-huh. i did have a question i was looking at your instagram i guess it was sure. the other day yeah. and you have looks like a cat and it has the word shit in it where did you find that <laughs> <laughs> I, I drew that i drew that i, I oh, so you found that in your brain and you just brought it out i got you <laughs> yeah i found it on uh, in my brain man and, and i think i was looking at at um I think I, I was looking at pictures people had posted of their pets and all this stuff. And I started thinking, what would I look like if I was a cat? <laughs> what would I want to look like if I was a cat? Huh. And, you know, some animals come out with crazy patterns. I thought, imagine if I was born a cat with the word shit on my side. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I think that'd be a cool, cool, cool ass cat. But. <laughs> Well, I, I I would definitely make sure to feed that cat. You probably would be an alley cat too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think that's a humorous side of art. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to have some of the humor with the seriousness. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, thanks again, man. Take care. Right on, Jason. And I will be cool. in touch with you. Thank you, soon. you man. Right. Uh-huh. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Oh, peace.
I want to thank Carlos again for doing the interview. If you want to learn more about Carlos and his work, you can go to his website at carlosramirezart.net or you can go to his Instagram at c.ramirez2323. To listen to past episodes of Artbox, you can go to artboxdnv.com. And Artbox is also on Instagram at artboxdnv. So, until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>